The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Couture, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Hey everybody, welcome to the winemakers, and I'm John Myers, and here's... Sam Katuri and his signature pour <laughs> from Winery 16600. And, of course, our favorite sommelier, Brian Casey. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Thank you, sir. Excellent. I'm going to do my own glug glug. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, see, that sounds That was so a good, good one. That yeah. was better. Wasn't than that more good. sophisticated? Yeah, that was better than mine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, see, that's, you're, you're a psalm. You're better at wine service yeah, it's than It's actually I am. the bottle. You know, I noticed that. Sorry, do we? No, we're on. I, don't, quick don't, little don't point. Worry. And, and I don't know, Sam, if you've ever had anyone uh, say this to you. So la- last night, or last week, too, I was pouring um, some Sojourn Cab. We're pouring it by the glass uh-huh. um, at the restaurant. And it pours so nicely out of the bottle. And I don't know what it is, um, but it's actually started a conversation that some wines, when they come out of the bottle, it's kind of like a glug glug. It's an uneven. You got like right. little waves or something. There's something about that Sojourn Cab when it comes out. It's like this perfect little even stream that pours out, and, right. and so I don't know. Craig probably pays lip more on the bottle that you can change. No, I think it could be the the width of sort of like I guess you call this the lip, the the top of the bottle. It's got something the to do lip, with the if neck. It's the wider, it, the wider lips, I think, pour more evenly. I I don't know. Yeah, but that just happened. Maybe another this fun one too. to take to the lab, right? <laughs> or ask Craig. Is it? Do, yeah. Craig, have you noticed ask. that, or is that just something that? You know, it happened. It's probably because the, the wine is so smooth that it just kind of. Well, is that's that going to be, yeah. be his answer. The wine is so good, it wants I to don't come out at any right. level. I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, sorry. I just thought about that. It's it all okay. No problem. So, hey, last um, week we were talking, and in the, in the week before both, about natural wines. And good uh, topic for Br- always. Brian came up with uh, something from, uh, this is from the San Francisco Chronicle, and it's about AVA, AVA Winery. And uh, the article says it they doesn't... They name the winery AVA. So no, AVA. AVA. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't right. look much like a winery. In <laughs> the fact, balls according to the government, it isn't a winery. <laughs> the startup housed in, in, the, in the dog patch, in a dog patch warehouse, which is right near AT&T Park. It's south AT&T, north uh, of Candlestick, basically. Produces yeah. synthetic wine, a Petri dish cocktail of ethanol, water, sugar, and various chemical compounds made not in a vineyard, but in a lab. Uh, although their products could be, in theory, at least chemically identical to wine, for now the company is registering as a distilled spirits company. After all, the beverages it's making are grape-free. They're not fermented. You might, through a certain lens, view them as a flavored vodka. Pure ethanol diluted to wine's alcohol volume, seasoned with amino acids and chemicals like ethyl butyrate, which contributes a pineapple-type aroma in some wines, Sotolan can taste like caramel. Methopyrazine, that's as good as I'm going to get. That, that famous green bell pepper yeah, note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And diacetol, pure butter. Um, We've talked and, about that, actually. Voila. I want to, yeah. Wine. And mm. we could make a cab here that smells like a Moscato diasti, he says. Um, and now it's divided into, you know, he's they're really trying to 
make wine out of. Well, I think crap. one of their products, one, one, they, were, no they were making it, they were trying to make a cab and it smelled like Moscato de Assi. So they realized they kind of did something weird. And then, so that's why it says, yeah, we can make a cab smell like that. I think what they're, one of the things they're trying to accomplish is going to be their first product. They're trying to simulate uh, Dom Perignon. <laughs> um, well, you might as well shoot for the top. Well, their their thinking is so. What they're God. thinking is that if you can break down a wine, and they're they're talking about like let's take an eighty-two Lafitte, like so, like you know, take a stellar vintage of a wine that everyone loved. We'll totally break it down chemically, and then we'll rebuild it synthetically, so that we're in essence creating that great vintage of that great wine, but doing it with no grapes whatsoever, just by additives and chemicals. It's a really strange... Well, it says at, at $3 million, the lead investor in their first round of investments... Southern Wine and Spirits? Horizons, Horizons <laughs> Ventures, a Hong Kong uh, firm that also is a major funder of Impossible Foods, uh, the plant-based burger... Um, uh, fame the people who make hamburger that is not hamburger it's not even really well it's, it's not even a garden burger quite frankly it's kind of a chemical <laughs> burger but nonetheless it's pretty interesting um how you can even think about making a wine without grapes i don't know but obviously they're working on it and they've got some money to do it so and i'm sure they're gonna make a ton of friends along the way <laughs> and do you think yeah. anybody's gonna drink that and what do you call it if you can't call it wine? Well, uh, I, I think on on somewhere in the social medias, I said that synthetic wine can only be served with craft singles because um, <laughs> they're both go. they're both you know it's it's, a, it's an analogy, right? So it's it's a wine flavored drink, and in their tasting yeah, room, what they serve instead of the breadsticks, they serve Wonder Bread and Velveeta <laughs> dip. <laughs> God, I, I Wonder mean, Bread helps build strong bodies twelve ways. The most interesting thing about it is um, that you know when you smell one of those flavors that they're creating in in real wine, it's because those things are there. I mean, you know, uh, when you smell bell pepper in uh, Cabernet, that same chemical, that pyrazine, is in bell pepper. When you smell cinnamon in a wine. That same chemical that's in cinnamon that makes cinnamon taste and ta smell like cinnamon is, is is there. Can I cinnamon cinnamon cinnamon? Um, so from that standpoint, you know it's kind of cool. Um, the idea of you know taking an eighty-two Bordeaux and recreating it. Um, well, why not start with the best? Like, I mean, like the Dom. No, you know, if you took a eighty-two Bordeaux now. And did a chemical analysis of it. It's going to be completely different than it right, was right. in '82. Or maybe they have they have chemical breakdowns of those wines. You know, the when, lab at that yeah, time. Yeah, from from that time. Right. I, so, uh, you know, could you could you recreate aged '82 Bordeaux? I don't know. Could you right. create an '82 Bordeaux that 30 years from now, I guess 35 years from now, would taste? The way an eighty-two Bordeaux, a real one, tastes now. I mean, no, no. This is. I think is it ageable? Like, is it ageable? Is there gonna? Is it a? Is it? I don't think it's ageable. I think their whole approach is that. Is this is what they're saying? Is that this is for people that don't have a lot of money and that can't drink these great wines? We will bring those great wines to you, at a much reduced price because we can basically create them. Um, so is it like the people that create uh, imposter? CK1 and like fancy cologne and, and exactly and, why and pay the perfumes right 
that they smell exactly the same, but they cost but, a fraction. Right. You get them in New York on the on the street. Right. Oh. With your Rolex and your Oakley <laughs> right. sunglasses. Hey, <laughs> I still have a Rolex from from way back when. I once bought a Swiss Navy watch on the side of the on the streets in in New York as a kid, and then I got home and realized. That Switzerland is a landlocked country and had no navy. I was like, Ooh. I definitely like uh, speaking of fake wines. Uh, fake man commissions real wine in reverse wine fraud. His title was quote His Imperial and Royal Highness Stephen Tetchernich, hereditary Prince of Montenegro and Macedonia, Serbia and Albania. Unquote. And like a proper royal, he had a wine tailor-made for him and his court. He palled around with Novak Dvorak and even knighted uh, Pamela Anderson as a contessa. There no, wait, go. Novak uh, Djokovic. Djokovic. Is that the tennis it. player? Yeah. Yes, okay. <laughs> I was like, but Dvorak, what? Uh, sorry, sorry about that. It's, it's, it's the, it's the <laughs> Polish. If it's not name. a race car driver, John <laughs> yeah, doesn't no know idea. how to pronounce Stop his it. name. But unfortunately, the prince's reign has come to an end as a police investigation concluded that Stefan Senetric is not European royalty at all, but a guy who just likes wearing fake medals and insignias, rubbing shoulders with C-listers, and freeloading at fancy hotels and restaurants using a sham identity, which apparently... Like that sheriff in Wisconsin, right? It's a crime now. (laughs) So I like the fact that he had somebody... One of these perks was was making an official wine for him. So it was uh, Montebera... Montebera winery in Piedmont. Uh, they'll remember the day well that His Highness, former caterer and party planner from Turin, graced the vineyards and announced his visit. Um, unannounced was five years ago. Unannounced, right. Just kind of showed up. Yeah, and, and, and they made 1,200 wine bottles and, and had the royal coat of arms on them. 100 cases, that's two bits. If that's not a big scam, yeah, is no. it? No, I, I'd do more. So this is like anyway, something you see in a movie. This guy just do... shows up and and he acts like a douchebag, and everyone kind of gives him whatever he wants. <laughs> right, but he bought four <laughs> barrels of wine. So no, no, he, he didn't like, buy he it. He didn't buy it. They gave that's it to the him. Whole thing. So this guy's yeah. walking around. He's he's <laughs> staying in hotels and he's stiffing them. He's not paying the bills. He's going to. He's he's like, oh, I'm gonna go have a wine made for me because I think that's a thing. Yeah. Um, when you're royalty, your is wine. that you can have your own wine commission. So th- there's no bill. You just, I guess, in that country, you just kind of go, okay, sir, and you make you make the wine for him. Um, and and so I this guy was, was going around, funny. and I think it was the hotels that finally got upset because mm-hmm. he wasn't paying the bill. So someone dropped a dime. Joan on has him. often said, "I wonder how long it would take for American Express to catch up with us and shut us down." You know, you just if kept going. If and you going just and keep going. going, I mean, you've well, you got, got a month though. Right? You've got a thirty day anyway, and then since it's always been paid on time, I'm sure you have some kind of grace period. But somewhere around forty five to sixty, they're going to shut you off on that. Well, but, I mean, just, and could, then you just Thelma and Louise it off a cliff, right? And you're, and <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I rather would would make the long haul, you know. Fair enough. But right. nonetheless, got to make it to episode fifteen here, John. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> so we, you know, synthetic wine and uh, wine for. Uh, Fake uh, uh, princes and, and kings, etc. So, um, and sh- should we mention what we're drinking? Absolutely. Right what are um, we drinking today, guys? Uh, what are we drinking? Talk, we poured this. Uh, this oh, Spanish so this wine. Is, um, no, so this is from. It's not Spanish wine. It's not. It's um, from Adam Webb, who owns uh, Cochon. You know the Cochon tasting room oh, right over here is um, like opposite side of. But it's under the umbrella West. of Odyssey, O D I S E A. All his wines are under that umbrella, but mo- most of them are um, called Cochon, which is the pig. Um, but I, 
someone gave this to me the other day. It's got uh, it's seventy percent Tempranillo, fifteen Garnacha, and fifteen percent Graziano, um, and it's what twenty eleven. I like. And this. where is it grown? See, he sources a lot of times. He doesn't have any. Good, he's there's no yeah. There's is there no. Might as well be an yeah. ABA. Right. So what Adam does is he gets juice from these vineyards. And then if you go to his warehouse over in Napa, he's got all these different components. So if you went to him and said, hey, I want to make a wine out of Grenache, Tempranillo, Movedra, Syrah, Sanso. He's got it all. He'd have a bu- so he's got all these little toys and he can make all these blends because he's got all these wines. It's like a, a cool little. I like uh, it. Yeah. We need him on the air. Uh, well, his rosé I would wait for every year when his rosé came out. Um, is delicious. Um, and is that tasting room open over there? Yeah, I stopped in there a couple weeks ago. Um, said hello. Oh. It certainly has a good bouquet. Well, my wife said nice. I'm not supposed to say um. She was listening to the podcast. She said, you say uh, um too much. Uh, she's, she's in sales, and she said that it, when she hears her salespeople on the phone say um, she's charging them. Uh, um I, charges. I, I like actually that. had somebody come over and say, um, you done with that yet? Are you still working on that? Seriously, and I know that that is the one thing you cannot say as a server at the Girl and the Fig, or I mean, certainly one anywhere. No, anywhere. yeah, you're just not supposed to do that. Yeah, so you still working on that? And Joan and I laughed yeah. so hard it was just like ridiculous. So this is a Spanish Grenache. Then, well, it's I mean, it's it's, it's from style. here, but it's yeah, it's got so you got Tempranillo and Grenache and Graziano, which people don't. Graziano's an Italian variety, though. Yeah, so I mean, I don't think people. How much of that is planted around here? Uh, there can't be a lot. Maybe it's up in the foothills or something. Yeah. You know, this wine, it, it's got a really nice, you know, sort of caramelized nose. Um, you know, some good new oak probably. Um, but there's not a lot of finish to it. Uh, right. You know, it kind of has this up, you know, there's not a lot of mouthfeel texture no no not a, not, it's not a complicated wine not a no. complex wine this is just a, a drinking wine this is a well that's what we're here about so yeah. decomplicate wine and <laughs> i think you know we're, we're trying a little hard here to you know hit some of the cheaper wines and i don't want to leave out the good wines because people listening want great wines also and well, now, when the when Podfather gives us a uh, wine buying budget for the show, yes. oh, then yeah. we'll get into some really good wine, Ed. <clears throat> and we can visit Wally's and <laughs> Benny's and, Wally's and uh, yeah. go to Barn. Benchmark and do some Ooh, Benchmark. Ooh. Why don't we just go over there and podcast from Benchmark and then just start tasting just start their opening wines. things? Yeah. All right. All right I mean, I right. see that as a Should we call here. them or should we just show up one day and just start breaking out the uh, equipment? No, I, I know some well, folks Maybe we there. should get uh, Barry from the Bottle Barn down for a... Uh, he's, he's touring around Italy with his family right now or somewhere in Europe. But uh, the buyer at Bottle Barn uh, has an amazing palate and store you know kind of a great career actually came from the rare wine company a guy oh. who's been on both sides of the wine buying selling uh paradigm you know just he's a great guy to taste with. i love tasting my wine with him because you know he knows what's up and is totally honest about it 
Um, he'd be he'd be a great host, and then we could maybe break into some of that stuff they have at the bottle barn and have him open. Or set, yeah, set up an account that yeah. we could just send the bill to Ed. That's a that's a good right. thing. I'm sure that'll work <laughs> the, and work well. Uh, unfortunately, the bottle barn doesn't take American Express, so I can't do too much damage up there. Damn it. John's not going to get his miles. No, that sucks. Hey, so hey, I, synthetic I, wine. Can we talk about hydroponic wine? Because this is something else I kind of please. W- well, w- hydroponics really got its start growing pot. It's Right? Pot, I mean, yeah. well, hydroponics got famous from pot growing, um, right? But there's, you know, there's hydroponic farming tomatoes, all kinds of flowers. That's heavy in Israel. Uh, I know that Israel, yeah. uh, also uh, the Netherlands, Holland. Um, you know, any place where you know that sort of those northern places where greenhouses, indoor farming is is necessary because. You don't get the sunshine of the growing season. Um, that's where you know sort of the technology came from, uh, but then you know, obviously is famous for you know hydroponically grown indoor supercharged weed cannabis. Yeah. yeah, and it's funny that it used to be so kind of um, indoor. Like I remember living in San Francisco, I was growing in my closet, but you'd go to the hydroponic store, and no one ever said the word weed or right, marijuana. It was, yeah, it was hey, I got some tomatoes. If you ever had an <laughs> issue, it was hey, I got some tomatoes that my, right. that I'm growing. With my 430 watt sodium agro bulb, and um, I got like these little bugs, and I'm not exactly sure what to do. I'm guys like, I got you covered. But now, I mean, you Lady just straight bugs. up walk into the into the hydroponics store. All right, dude, this is what I'm doing. I'm yeah, well, this, it's I'm California, considering yeah. it's not illegal anymore. I know it's you know? amazing. And the business to be in actually is the grow shops. <laughs> that's where you, that's, that's where people are making money. Well, uh, I see it. I see a lot of money being made all over the place. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's the big gold rush right now. But so, I mean, I think the price will come down by about half well, within the from year. What I know is going on in California right now, there is going to be uh, so much weed come this fall in California <laughs> that we're not going to, we're going to be swimming in it. We're going to be swimming. It's going to yeah, be. Yeah, sorry, Mexico. So, you, got nothing, yeah. you got nothing well, I mean, for us. You know, there's that. Uh, if you want to stop drugs coming across the border, grow, grow it here. here. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, well, they're um, going to be going the opposite direction. It, they're they're, they're going to be complaining about it us. Is. It's yeah. going the other direction. Already. I think they're going to build enough. a wall. Yeah. Um, <laughs> solar power. Build that wall. We're well, going to make marijuana growers. They want. It. They want the good California stuff. Yeah, I don't blame them. You don't want that dirty stuff down there. <laughs> I don't know what exactly they do up in, and this is way off of wine. But what? The, what? How the. Emerald Triangle, Triangle up north, Mendocino. What is it that they do? Is it is it the terroir? Because we're getting into into hydroponics now. But is it the terrier? Well, the, the, the terrier. The, there's, <laughs> you know, Whoa. and the, for the same reason that pot was grown indoors, uh, Humboldt, Mendocino, Del Norte counties um, were great places to go because they're remote and hard to get to. And totally. I, I think the um, discovery. That it was also a really good place to grow, you know, good pot. Um, maybe was happenstance in that. Maybe people knew, and that's why they went there. But the best part about it is, you know, you get a Toyota truck and you can be gone from the grid in a you know a matter of seconds up there. Um, so, you know, which came first is is maybe debatable, but um, it is a really good place to to grow things. I mean, there's great grapes grown in Mendocino County too. Um, you know, it, it place it gets good water. It gets, you know, it, it gets hot up there. Um, but you also, you know, you're a little bit further North. Um, so it also has, has cooler nights. And when, and we're definitely off topic. Um, 
the the formation of trichromes and um, the crystals that you see on a on a really nice marijuana bud, and really the formation of THC in the plant is a result of temperature change. It's it's a protection that the plant puts out against cold. So as you know, you have a warm day, you get a lot of growth, and then you get a cold night, and that's when you that's what builds pot- builds potency. Huh. So now let's apply all this to. So, growing, yeah, so, so for vines. people that don't know, hydro, I mean, if you don't know what hydroponic growing is, I'm sure there's people out there that have no idea what, yeah. what hydroponics are. It's, it's just using a, it, it, you're using a light that is simulating the sun, and you are not growing in soil for the most part. I know some people do grow indoors and they use soil, but I remember um, I used to use vermiculite, I think. Mm-hmm. It was basically just like, it looks like a little sponge. And then you're putting chemicals into the water that you're watering with to sort of simulate everything that the plant would normally be pulling out of the earth um, if it was just grown in the ground outside. Right. So that, that's basically... And then you're, you're changing the time that the light goes on and off, which simulates your seasons. So the, the plant knows if, it's a, if the light is on for a longer period of time, that it's summer. If the light is on for a shorter period of time, then it's winter. Right. Okay. So, so grape growers... Now, here in California, after some... We went through a drought for... We're having a good year. But the past three years, we had some trouble with, with drought. And so that was one of the issues that I think people started thinking about was water sources. I mean, we have Lake Tahoe that is basically our reserve. <clears throat> but if we're not getting snow, then the Central Valley, where you're getting a lot of your, oh, no. your vegetables and fruit from, not gonna um, they're, they're relying on that, on that water source. And they're getting it at a reduced rate. If they actually had to pay what we pay for water in our house, the, uh, the strawberries would cost $20 a basket. Almond milk would be... More expensive than old Sauternes. <laughs> right. God. Um, so Speaking of. So I think there was this thinking of, hey, can, can we actually do hydroponic growing of grapes? Now, we, we do it all here in California. I know for tomatoes, you said, the thing with grapes is that you have a longer season for growing. Right. It's so also tomatoes can go, you know, you can go with tomatoes, they'll grow, you pick them, and then you kind of start over. Um, so they, they're doing this in, now... Sicily, they've actually been experimenting with this for a while, and they've got it down to, they can do two seasons in a year. So they're getting two right, crops, right. and they're experimenting. because That's Sicily, quite nice. Yeah. Two vintages in one year. And so now, when we were talking about synthetic wine, remember we were talking about how you could simulate, they were trying to simulate the great vintages or the, the great wines. Now, this is, what you can, this is what they've been experimenting with as well, is... is Find the great vintages and what was great about that particular region of that year, and simulate the exact Ooh. amount of sunlight, um, temperature, temperature the all weather, of those things. Exactly so right. then, then hey, can we grow grapes that are just like that stellar year that we made that great? And how day? are they doing? How's uh, it working S- out for them? Sicily seems to be doing it, but I mean that's on a small scale. I don't know that this can go into a large-scale production? Or maybe is that the only way that it does work, is if you go into large-scale? The problem is that sh- is that you're only getting two crops a year, so for all that power that you're putting into those lights and for the water that you're using, it, I don't think and it makes sense. But you don't have to buy land at a million dollars an acre in Napa. This is true. So that's why I think on a small scale, I mean, if you've got someone with some money that just wants to build this big greenhouse and grow 
you know, even if you do an acre or two of grapes and you want to just kind of play around with it and see if you can well, make a wine be, out of it. Well, there's going to be an awful lot of yeah. equipment out there that people aren't using anymore because there's so much available yeah. in terms of, you know, what, what it was being used for growing pot. Right. And so now, you know, they're going to be trying it with wine. That should be, it should be an interesting uh, future for that. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know. If, why if, not? We could... I, I, we could talk about the debates about about the merit of real wine, both you know, made in the in a field and not a lab, and grown in a field and not a greenhouse. Um, I would be shocked if growing uh, hydroponic grapes costs less than growing real grapes. Um, so yeah, maybe if you can remove some of the land costs and grow places that but are less still desirable. But you're still the thing is you're still using the land. It's just in a different right. form. I mean, I, you know, I imagine your your density would be much higher. Um, so there's way more plants per acre in a greenhouse than there right. would be uh, in a vineyard. Um, the thing that I, I can't wrap my head around is, um, you know, it takes three years in a vineyard to start really getting any crop in maybe four years to, you know, start having enough to make it worthwhile right. um, from, from planting to harvest, right? If we're talking about three or four years. So in a, in a green, I guess they have a couple of cycles that are lower yield or no yield. And then it kind of yeah. ramps up, but you know, and then, I don't we'll know. talk the about thing, terroir. The whole, the I mean, the thing. whole thing about terroir. Right. I mean, there goes terroir, right? Because right? now yeah. you're just talking about whatever kind of chemicals you're putting in the water that's right. feeding the... the well, the you're grapes. trying to imitate the, the, the best terroir you can. Here's, yeah. the, here's the thing. And I'm going to throw some serious shade on some farmers out there. There's farmers out there who are outside but might as well be farming hydroponically. Their soil is dead. Anything that feeds their vines, they're adding chemically. Um, you know, their difference is that their sunshine is free. Um, so in those senses, you know, the, at, at that point, the concept of they terroir is well pretty much up. gone anyway. So they, it might as well be a hydroponic farm. Um, you know, their soil is a substrate that just holds the roots together right. and everything that feeds the vine, they have to Isn't supply. Isn't that sad, though, that the it's, soil got in that condition? It sucks. It's terrible. I mean, and, and, you know, maybe they... Chose soil that wasn't right in the first place, but, but what they really, do to it's, it's, it every year. what they do to it. It's, yeah. it's not giving back to the soil and and allowing the terroir to come through. Um, so you know, from that standpoint, you know, it, from the worst kind of chemical farming to uh, a indoor garden vineyard deal. I, you know, I guess it's not that big of a leap, and then you go from there to just might as well build the wine out of chemicals in the lab and but see, call this it a day. Is, yeah, you know, that's where I get off right there. Uh, I don't want, I don't want Franken wine. Okay, right. I don't want Franken food. Right. I don't want, you know, I don't want it messed with. Right, please, I want real. Cheese. Well, I think that's why it's fun to talk about these stuff. It's not that I'm a supporter of these things. I like to bring it up because I know, I know, especially Sam and Bart. You know, talk about total juxtaposition (laughs) of 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 um, chemical and nature. I mean, you got guys on this show that are doing things the right way, doing it organically. Um, So I think bringing up these subjects is kind of fun to see their reaction and how the. I mean, it's (laughs) it's, that was shocked. Right. I'd love to see Sam in that uh, tasting room of the Ava Winery when the guys like. 
little beakers and he's putting but like a little <laughs> glass of wine together for coat. Sam and Sam just staring at him like I'm gonna reach over there and fucking grab you <laughs> and yeah. choke think, you out. I think I would have to uh, stop by Spark or some other dispensary in San Francisco on the way to the dog patch before oh, geez, I could man. handle that one. With that well, hey, we'll see. We'll felony. see how it goes. I mean, they've <laughs> obviously raised some money. They're doing something interesting. The hydroponics interesting also. Yeah. But give me a really good wine, well made from, from a, a good place. fruit. That's from a real the, place. Yeah. It's and it's it's great fruit and and we know tasting it that you can tell the difference. Um, last week we were talking about a Napa style and a Sonoma right. style and what we have in the Sonoma Valley. You can taste the difference. And, and I guess I mean I think that's maybe where where you're going with this John is um Sure, you can build wine in a lab, and that's pretty cool. And sure, you can grow grapes in a yeah. greenhouse, and that's pretty cool. But um, what's the point? The point of wine is—it's human nature, though. They take right. things to the um. No, 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 you know, no. And I'm all the way down. I'm not, and I'm not like yeah. it's cool. I, I buy. All, I go chase the science. Go do it. Yeah, right. but yeah, um, have fun. The the mystery, the reason. This is all here. The reason Sonoma exists, the reason Napa exists, the reason Burgundy is a destination is that there's mystery to it, that there is some magic that happens between the sunshine and the climate and the soil and the farmer and the winemaker that creates something that is greater than the all of those parts right. combined. And in a lab, in a hydroponic vineyard, I don't know if you're gonna catch that alchemy. So maybe the visitors bureau, um, instead of handing out maps to the wineries, can hand out lab coats, and you can you can go mix your own fake stuff and drink it. Well, how, you, how, I, how would that be legal to do in the plaza? Maybe I, I, you can drink wine in the plaza. Can you make wine in the plaza? How do how do um, um, so if you smoke weed and you have an option of getting something that was grown outdoors or something that was grown hydroponically, do you have a bias towards the hydroponically grown um, weed because it was grown not in soil? There is, um, in, in modern cannabis culture, um, a fetish for uh, indoor weed because uh, inside where there's no environmental, you know, sort of... Uh, stimulants that change the plant structure that's where you get those crazy like high time centerfold kind of crystals yeah. and um you know isn't it funny we used to look at the playboy centerfold right. and now it's high times <laughs> and, and you know look Excuse at me. high times is selling mags and playboy yeah, is struggling that's right um but for for me um the thing that I, i've always found interesting is you buy some of that indoor grown and it you put it in a ziploc and you throw it in your pocket and you get home and it's dust the plant didn't have the time to build the the structure the fiber to, that holds right. it together just because of the, the length of the growing season and the way that you you know if you're feeding it all of the nutrients that it needs it doesn't just it, you know it's kind of like steroids right it just doesn't have the the integrity yeah. to it um Whereas, you know, you take something that's grown really well in soil outdoors and you put it in your pocket and you get to the show and it's still a bud. Right. You know? Um, get to the show? Well, you know, Are you talking about a Grateful Dead show? Any, any show that's outdoors, <laughs> anyway. Um, so, you know, I, 
there is a, a there is a difference. So there is a there bias is, towards those indoor right. things because they're prettier. Right. Um, for my money, um, the, organic the, outdoor, the strength of the plant yeah. and the taste, the the purity of the effect. Right. Um, you know, I take I I would spend more for outdoor. Yeah. Um, when I think you used yeah. to, you weren't able to have a bias before because it just didn't exist. Well, right. it, well, you, you if someone had indoor stuff, they were growing it because they couldn't grow in their backyard. Right. I mean, now you actually can Ooh. grow more places, and and um, so it's yeah. I think it's kind of like living in Bordeaux. Nobody has grass in Bordeaux. If you have a little side yard, you've got. Fifty plants there, you know. That's it. Everybody, everywhere is growing grapes, and that's that's a fact. So, I mean, you talk about people growing outside. What I'm wondering, however, and to bring this whole thing back to wine, uh, because we are the winemakers, what is in front of you, Mr. Casey? Uh, This bottle of um, odd-looking wine. It's it's. I don't know. It looks like a rosé. We should do this last, and I think Sam's got a bottle over there. If if you want to try something, I think he's got a Syrah, but Huggy Bear, or is it Huggy Bear Syrah? Something like that. It's, it's got like a little. It's, it's not a bear. It's not a. I don't know what it's kind of animal that is. It's almost chupacabra kind of because it has this like weird tongue. But it I, looks kind of like a gummy bear with a Ventola with a Osa, sharp uh, tongue. Semi. I, uh, I think it would be bear. I mean, Ventolaosa because it's it's it's, it's very Spanish. grateful dead. Um, it is kind of Grateful Dead. Yeah, I yeah. actually got this it's when I was in bear. LA at the Dead and Company shows. Excellent. Um, <laughs> it's, it's the only shop in Los Angeles that carries sixteen six hundred. And I went in there. They have our Syrah. They have uh, Zinfandel. They have Homage. They have their only place outside of here that you can get Viognier. Um, and you know, I probably saw it on the shelf because of the bear and the colors, and grabbed it. And, and um, Alvaro uh, gave it to me to, to taste. He said, you know, it's it's oaky Syrah from Spain. Right. Uh, yeah, cool. So was that, uh, yeah, if and you want to try know, something, give that a shot. And then in the, the range of the you know $20 bottle kind of price, probably less. Oh, I'd love to try it, though. Yeah, because That's this other wine that we have in front of us, so there's so I brought a mystery bottle. And if you've listened to the any of the other podcasts, sometimes I bring in these bottles from... Thank you, uh, sir. My uncle is a, a pest guy um, who goes in and you know sprays for... Bugs or get the. I think I need uh, somebody for spiders right now, man. He'll he'll come hook oh, you up. Jeez, but it's, he had these clients. Pardon? Um, it's a buggy year. It is, and, huh. and living under those trees, I mean, I've got nothing but spiders all, all over the place. Um, wow. Well, that's good though. That means it's got a healthy healthy environment going on there. Yeah, I do. I have <laughs> biodiversity. My my totally. own biosphere. Totally. Um, but he was getting. He had these clients for like twenty years where the people collected wine, and and so randomly he'll just bring bottles back he doesn't drink wine he drinks um um well pliny if he can get his hands on it which was taken down as number not the number one beer in america this year by the way um but this this bottle came without a label and it just has a little sticker on the back of who imported it and that it was from bordeaux but it's got this color to it's like this amber color so i couldn't tell if it was a white wine that had gone totally oxidized or if it was a red wine that completely lost its color and and the little label on the top you couldn't really I can't read it because I'm getting old and I need my glasses. Anyone with the glasses, I couldn't <laughs> figure out what it said. What did? Well, you so finally Sam, figured it out. Sam, Sam was like, and I never thought. It, Sam's like, maybe it's a Sauterne because it says Bordeaux, and and he looked it up. He's like, yeah, that's a Sauterne. So we already opened it up. It says uh, 11 to 14 percent. Sam said, let's corv in it, but I said, no, let's just pull the cork, <laughs> and I ripped it in half, taking it out too. I so have this, video. This could be 
This could be like the most stellar bottle of Sauternes that we could have sold to Christie's at auction for, you know, $1.2 million. But we decided it's Saturday morning for doing the podcast. <laughs> and and we are the winemakers. Yeah, we're, so we're also the wine, wine, wine openers. Yeah, yeah rip so. that thing open. Let's give it a try. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're drinking now. The well, First, we're having the, the it Spanish It is a little Syrah. scary bear. Venta La Osa, which is okay. something, you know, I'm not... Totally sure on the Spanish, but release the bear. Oso I think it means release the bear. Venta la osa. Venta la osa. Open the open the bear. Release, release the, the bears. Bear. Yeah, it, it's um. Who let it's, the bears it's, out? This is uh, what? It's whoa! It's big. It's got a lot. I mean, this is a big bear in a glass in for wow. sure. Yeah, no kidding. Um, great uh, Syrah tannin structure. Um, definitely some oak on the nose. But I like, but, that. but I don't know if it would have been drinkable without a new barrel. Um, it's. This, this, I this like this. Good this, is, this is my fit, my and I'm, I'm not. Profile. I'm not surprised that uh, Alvaro has a has a great palate. Um, worked with a wine importer okay for a long there, time. Yeah, no, this is a big boy though. <laughs> yeah, it's a big wine. This is uh, this is this is Lenosa for sure. This and you got some blackness bear. to it. I mean, um, and now you said this is Spanish. Spanish. So this is one of those wines that's coming over the French border and they're beating people up. <laughs> yes, over. That's right. Exactly. Now, so you've got uh, in France, you've got uh, French. Winemakers who are protesting the fact that the Spaniards are importing cheap wine into France at what they call uh, it's substandard wine, right? From the French point of view, because it's not, and they're France. attacking trucks and hijacking the trucks on the highways. And believe me, wow. not getting a ticket in six weeks driving France, I was pretty amazed uh, that I didn't get one. So I, I just French never, I never, I never saw a cop on the highway, mm. ever. So obviously they're, um, you know, they know where these trucks are going and they're knocking off the... Uh, um, so it's like Joe Pesci and the Goodfellas and it's like... Uh, pretty much, babe. Pulling them over and That's pulling it. them out and, and pulling it's the like, original Denny on them. Yeah, um, not, not quite, I don't think they're... <clears throat> Doing a pulling original Denny on the trucks, I think. On the, not, on, the on, on, not the people, on okay. the on the tanks. Okay. On the tanks. I mean, they're spilling, you know, they're pouring thousands uh, of gallons onto the highways. Yeah. And, Fifty thousand gallons breaking of into Spanish wineries wine. and breaking the valves. Wow. Off not good. And, not good. Yeah, it's, uh, so. You know, it's a trade war. I mean, it's essentially what it is. It's, it's it a is. trade. It's a trade right. war. Um, and you know, the the economics of the wine business at play. Um, if you're making a large quantity of wine, you need to fill out the the bottom end of your portfolio with high volume because that's where Sam, you make I can, the margins. I can buy a French wine here for seven ninety nine at Sonoma Market right, with, with their markup. Right, and I, I, I think this was fifteen bucks. It's, it's parent, okay, and it's I only bought that because it was it was the organic grape. Right. But if you can do that, that means you can make wine that is serviceable and drinkable at a price and it's just now an unfair trade war with the Spanish. Right. I That's mean, it's it. it's um just not doing well. In in these larger production especially in in Europe, um the winery it's it's kind of this classic pyramid, right? Where at the top of the pyramid is a small amount of the really high end stuff that goes for really high prices and has large margins. And that pyramid sort of gets filled out to the bottom where at the bottom of the pyramid, it's high, high quantity, high volume, 
low, you know, not necessarily low quality because once they fill out that top pyramid, it just kind of all trickles down from there. And you use your lesser barrels and your lesser vineyards at the at the bottom end, or you're not putting specific AOC information on it, so you can take from a, a larger area and you fill out that bottom end and the margins are much smaller, but you're actually making more money on the bottom end because that huge amount of volume. So if you're making a dollar a bottle selling it out the door, but if you're selling, you know, 20, you know, 20,000 bottles of that, uh, all of a sudden, Fine. you know, you're, got, you're yeah. and it's, those dough. numbers are way bigger than that. 20,000 bottles. Well, Brian, I'm, I'm going to be the guinea pig here. Yeah, go if in. If you don't mind. And while you're, while you're going in, do you want to, do you want to just do a quick little talk about the, the little uh, the wine shops around Sonoma Square here that's getting a little press lately. Um, the, I don't know if anyone saw it. Now there are there too many wine shops on the Sonoma Square. It's like Square. twenty to thirty now. So now you're. I think, I think there. I, and we can ask the Lord. mayor when she's here spinning for Vinyl Sunday because yeah. we will have her Jeez, <laughs> under like control. Cognac. I'm not kidding. Interesting. You know? I am not kidding. Yeah. No. That's, wow. It's got it's, a really unique nose. Holy cow. Uh, <clears throat> the interesting thing. Wow. Is if you came to the Sonoma Plaza 20 years ago, you would have said, wow, there's, there's a lot of real estate agents. Is that what it was like? On, on the plaza. Yeah. And, and then in 10 years, you know, maybe 15 years ago, maybe 10 years before that, you're like, God, there's a lot of stores on this plaza that have a bunch of crappy things that nobody wants to buy. Right. And then 40 years ago on the plaza, even in my lifetime, so 30 years ago on the plaza, there was a grocery store and there was a feed store and, you know, the hardware store and, you know, uh, a general store. The feed store was right, right down the street where you actually came off the plaza and drove into the middle and of bought, this building. Bought and, feed. And they loaded your truck with hay and feed and whatever. Um, you know, the economics of it, those businesses couldn't survive on the plaza now right. because of the rent is too high. Right. Um, so what's there are these tasting rooms. But frankly, you know, the tasting room turnover on the plaza is, is pretty high. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some st stalwarts that have been there for a long time and do a really good business. Um, but then there's ones that, you know, seem like they come and go pretty quickly. Um, and part of that is because of rent. Part of it is because, you know, just because you make wine and have a tasting room doesn't mean people are going to like right, it. Right, right. Um, but what I like, what see now, I'm not anti tasting rooms on the square because I, no one's really coming here to Sonoma and saying, oh, I wish there was a hardware store so I could go get a screwdriver there while they're on vacation. Go. No, but, um, <laughs> and I like the people that are in these tasting rooms. You can, if you want to drive to Chateau Saint Jean or you want to drive to Benziger, um, or if you want to stay on the square and try some of these wines where they don't have a winery. So the reason right. they're on the square is because they have a tasting room where you can actually go try the wines because they don't have. Well, where we're sitting right now, it's that same deal. T totally right. And so you're actually getting a more unique experience by staying on the square and going and trying some of these wines that these people are making small amounts of handcrafted wine. So I, I kind of dig it. And the whole thing about keeping people on the square so they're not driving around. John, you've done these, what is it, Zap, where you got people drinking Zen and, you know, it's 100 degrees out. And yeah, it's, just, it's not pretty. And, and it's people not that pretty. come here, they always, I think they always look at a map that's like not to scale because if you ask them in the morning, so where are you guys going today? Oh, we're going to go hit, you know, seven. We're going here, here, here. Seven wineries. Yeah. So imagine these people after the third winery on the road 
Um, keep them on the square, man. You you can go around and taste it. all these tasting rooms. Spend two days Stagger in the square home, get and a, not get see an them Uber, all. Get a get a Vern's cab. Doesn't matter. That's what we're and here for. You know, the other thing about land for wine guys. Right. That's it. Right. That's well, it. and I think what Karen Robinson was saying, anyone doesn't know Karen, he's a, a local winemaker, does Syrah and uh, uh, Viognier. He said, these guys that are on the square, it's not like a hardware store where you're employing two people. That's exactly what the I'm tasting say. rooms are, you're buying grapes from a farmer who lives locally. You're buying the bottles, the corks. You're getting the bottling truck of guys that work that are local people. Um, the people working in the tasting room. So you're employing, it's you're bringing, and you're playing, paying the tax. So you're bringing much more into the community than um, a lot of other stores would. Uh, Are you just dying over there I, over I, this? I'm, I'm, I've really got a, a question for you. Uh, what you think of this wine? Because for me, um, I'm absolutely floored by it. It's like a cognac with an Armagnac together. Pour it into the glass, Sam. Pour it into the glass. There you go. <laughs> it's actually really good. I mean, you what, like, what um, do you think of this? Dangers of um, pouring and Instagramming at the same time. Yeah. No so kidding. it tastes kind of like uh, baked apples. Um, well, that's where I'm getting the... And you get a little bit of... Uh, Armagnac like a, or the Calvados. Right. Calvados. Almost like a, a yeah. little bit of maple syrup, a little bit of uh, <laughs> like allspice, um, but really muted, um, clovey kind of cinnamony flavor. But wow. yeah, really that apple flavor wow. really comes through. Boy, and so what year did you think this was? We have no idea. We have no clue, and there's no way to tell because <laughs> yeah, I don't not. know if it'll say it on the cork. Sam's looking at the cork right now, but we just have nothing to go off of, basically. Um, but I would say I'm going to guess 20 to 30 years. And you have a broken cork, but it's beautiful. I mean, it's, it's, I like it. Yeah, oh, we oh, it's on the cork. What does it say? 1955. No. Effing year. I think you're gonna say it. No fucking way. (laughs) There's three of us in a room on a Saturday morning, and we're drinking. Good morning, Sonoma. (laughs) Sixty-five year old. Good morning, world, baby. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Well, for being that old, this thing has held up incredibly well because, Mm. I mean, the fact that there's still flavor in there. That there is plenty, and it's extremely strong. It's like sweet uni. What's uni? Uni is uh, sea urchin. Oh, oh, okay. You know, a little like. Uh, I have never heard that description uni. for a wine before. I, I never. I don't think I've ever used it for a wine before. <laughs> That's an odd one. But it has, you know, it has a little salinity to it. There's some, some like big sort of savory, but then it has this, you know, it's sauterne. It's sweet wine. It has this yeah. sweet finish, but it's not syrupy at all. It's, it's light on the palate. Wow. Um, holy fuck. <laughs> what did we do? Amazing stuff. We could have funded this show. We could have funded or, or something. We could have taken, we could have done right. the show on the road in Bordeaux. That's <laughs> right. We're funding our spirit today. Wow. <laughs> if, uh, you know, I'll, maybe I'll treat some of the people who walk into the <laughs> All well, of a sudden, Ben comes in from the other room. <laughs> Hello, Ben. Ben's <laughs> overhearing 55 uh, Chateau. So I, it's not you can. It's, um, I'm not going to say it right. So I looked it up. It is Chateau Doisy Ver. So my French pronunciation is so that freaking was perfect, terrible. Sam, that was perfect. D O I S Y V E D R I N E S. And hopefully, there's someone out there that goes, "Holy shit, they opened that!" <laughs> yeah. Originally, property was uh, founded in 1704 and divided into three parts in 1851. Of the three estates and its 27 hectares of planted vines. Hectares. Uh, so that's uh, 27 20, hectares is like... Thir- 20 acres? S- no, 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 no. It's more... Um, 
probably like 60 acres or so. Um, so it's in Barsak, um, which isn't technically uh, a, so it's it, they can use Sauterne on the label, but um, somehow it's under AOC regulations, but it's not actually uh, from the same region or huh. next door. Uh, 85% Semillon, 15% Sauvignon Blanc, uh, maybe a little bit of Muscadel and Sauvignon Gris. Um, wow. Hmm. Well, cheers, guys. Yeah, well, thank so you very much. We should, uh, what, a, what a way to uh, end yeah. episode 10. Episode 10. Ep- beautiful. I'm tell Bart that he has to come in tonight and get and some of this. <laughs> come when he gets well, back from the uh, swim it, ha- it, it is beautiful. I also want to mention something Holy beautiful. Uh, is it Project? Project Pro- 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 de V. The, the work of life. And this is a 2009 Syrah that you have done for uh, The Girl and the Fig. And Alice, it's Penny? Penis. 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 Yeah. Uh, and My wife. Uh, yes. yes. I, I, but I didn't want it. You know, no, I know. I she's know. got her own name. It's she like, does have her own name. Joan Toth. She's not Joan Myers. She's you know? only Alice Katuri when she's like trying to make a dinner reservation in Sonoma. <laughs> trying to get a free tasting out she of her. She's done a beautiful illustration of earth below below the crust, then where you're growing, then the sky, and up into the outer atmosphere, five layers. It's absolutely stunning uh, work of art. These are for sale um, the, at the Sunflower as, Cafe. Uh, now, so her paintings so, are, yes. Her paintings are right yes. now. Yeah. So if you want to run over there, uh, will they be on? Well, when this mm, airs, probably not. No, okay. But, but you, you can get in touch with Alice through... Butterfly with, Al at Instagram is the best way. Okay. Butterfly Al. Or also with Winery 16600. Yeah. I, I guess I know how to get a hold of her. So that... Boo. Yeah, yeah 16, 16 boo. 16 boo. So, <laughs> All right, guys. Um... Episode 10. Episode Beautiful. 10. And 1955. It, it, in the can, and it's beyond belief, uh, the wine that you opened. So um, enjoy. You're, I, I assume you're going to have an excellent afternoon. From <laughs> i gotta go to, I got to go to work. Uh, actually, so do I. So yeah, I, <laughs> me too. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and we will talk to you next week. Uh, I'm John Myers, and we have Sam Katuri and Bart uh, Bart Bart's not here. Bart Shout Hans. out to Bart, though. Yeah, Hopefully, yeah. Dane did good in the um, and, in the uh, swim meet too. And Brian Casey. So, for all of us, we are the winemakers. Thanks for listening. Cheers. The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at RadioMisfits.com. Thank you.